Welcome, gentlemen. We got Fraley and Donnelly. Donnelly, this is like your fourth time. Fraley's first. Veteran. Give it up. Give it up, crowd. Yeah, for Fraley. Cheers. Hit, hit the can applause. Yeah, yes. Woo. I got one over there. I just can't reach it yeah. from here. Yeah. So uh, welcome back in town, home for the holidays. Sorry about the mess. You know, I mean, I think we've we've dealt with it okay so far. We've got a little dust on the table, you know. A little dust. You you table. might even be the last one on this table. Oh, it's the end of an era. This this is the end of this set. Yeah, I'd say I was just thinking about that as I was setting it back up because tomorrow I'm going to tear it all out. Okay, what are we going to do? What's the plans again? Uh, chairs, no table. Um, you know, just more of like you're you're uh, staying um, staying with the trend of podcasts now. Have you? I mean, you guys watch them? You watch for you watch them fairly? No, well, I I'd listen to uh, when Jimmy Dan and, and Nick had been on here a few times, but uh, any other podcast though, do you listen to? Oh, uh, well, I mean, as far as like uh, sports and stuff, I mean, I listen to uh, to Ryan Rosillo stuff a lot. Oh, killer. Uh, yeah. So, um, and then I mean, some some political stuff here and there, um, you know. But I mean, I guess I wouldn't necessarily say I'm a huge podcast guy. But do you watch or do you listen? Uh, depends. I mean, I, I probably listen more than I watch. Yeah. I like to I like to go see what the person looks like, and then listen to them talk. Yeah. Just so you can like place it in your mind. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I like that. What have you been listening to? Oh, what have I been listening to? Um, I do like the uh the american history retold sometimes i'll do that like i just learned audio about books or pods pods that's a pod pods namely um but i do like i'll read books but normally i'm you know i feel like i gotta read because it's better for me than just listening like i, f I feel like it's a lost art a little you bit read, and i've never been people, do, i've you? never been good at it i'm, I'm like literally the slowest reader probably ever but if I can get past like 20 pages and get in a groove, I really, really like it. But it's such a struggle for me to get going and stay there. I doubt that you're the slowest reader, um, probably in this group, uh, because when, you know, <laughs> going, going back to, uh, you know, high school days and whatnot, everybody took their ACTs and all that. And it was, you know, that, that was a big thing. Yeah. Um, I scored high on every area except reading. Because and it wasn't because I you know didn't do well in the questions that I answered. It was just I ran out of time and I ended up scoring at sixteen on the reading part of it. Yeah. But I was in the high twenties and everything else. And I'm just like you know hey I just ran out of time you know but uh, you know it is what it is. I'm so, probably the worst. Yeah. I have to read everything three or four times. I I don't I what do we chalk that up to? Is it that we're bad readers or do we have like forever chemicals in us or do we have bad genes or is it like? I'm not real sure. I don't think that we were held accountable enough in reading years ago. Like we we did not have to read that much. And so like, you think it was the powers that be that failed us? No, no. I think it was like we just it takes a lot of practice. Like if pe the people that read and right. study the best always have read a lot. Like Casey Chamberlain, he was my uh, college roommate. You know, he was in med school, and I mean, dude, these guys. I mean, they're crushing like chapters upon chapters every night and it was like dude how do you do that like i'd still be like i, I could probably get maybe four pages and you think we started at the same yeah and they are the ones that were able to continue doing it i don't know man well, I, I think, think they just... always read like casey always read he he stayed even like whenever we were probably like 12 he probably was reading a do book. you know why i think that he always read because it came easy to him could be and i, I think my my cousin clint was he's a brilliant dude uh you've talked to clint charrington mm -hmm. and my dad was his teacher in the eighth grade and he always said like clint might be maybe the smartest of all of them 
And I he read those Harry Potters from since he was little. No kidding. But it's not that I didn't want to read the Harry Potters. You just couldn't. I just couldn't. And I was like, you know what? Squirrel, basketball, shoot it in the hoop. That's where I was. I, I feel like I have the attention span of a gnat. Exactly. Why? I think I don't know. I guess that's what I'm saying. I don't have the answer, but I, I think it's I don't think it's the people that are like you you know, your parents or the teachers saying you need to try harder or convince you to read more. I think we just gravitated to the thing that like gave us some joy. And I really think reading would have given me a lot of joy. I just wasn't good at it. And it took a lot of effort for me to take it in. Hey, my, my kid right now is in kindergarten and he's got, uh, you know, what, what I would say is probably the best kindergarten teacher in America. And, uh, <laughs> shout she, out to, uh, what's Sherry, her name? Sh- Sherry Baldridge, Sherry Baldridge, uh, pr- shout pr- out. probably the top kindergarten teacher in America. And um, my wife's she, kindergarten teacher, I can't give it all yeah, to. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> I, hey, hey, she's she's pretty good. Uh, but uh, shout out to all kindergarten teachers, by the way. I mean, it's amazing what they have to do. Um, but uh, she always tells her kids, you know, like reading is just like anything else. It's a skill, and it's more the more you practice, the better you are at it. That, so, that's my philosophy. You know, yeah. so so I think that uh, you know, going to, to what we were discussing there. I think that uh, you know the people that are regularly doing that and and practice, you know, literally practicing it. I mean, they're going to be a little better better at it. Yeah. Now, I also am not. I mean, obviously, you're proof, but I mean, I'm obviously not going to get into the thinking aspect of what reading does because obviously, you're a big thinker. I think I'm a pretty big thinker. Uh, I'm not a big thinker. I'll just put that out there. I don't know. Most of my friends are big thinkers, <laughs> but I mean, you're obviously yeah. creative. I mean. I, I live in thought a lot. Yeah. So what, I don't think that I'm a small, I don't think that I'm, uh, I, I know that I'm not very intelligent, but I do spend a lot of time in thought. So I process things. Yeah. And, and creatively, I think if you want to say something and I'm just saying as a whole, whether you're writing a song or a book or whatever, whatever that topic is or that style is, um, you have to spend a lot of time there, I think, to get your point across or get it to re- be received. Has that helped you any writing, like songs? Like, do you think if you were a yeah. better reader that you might? Or oh yeah, I think if I was a better reader, for sure, I would be a better songwriter. You, you, you talking about like commas and punctuations, or no. just what are you talking about? Like, how, how I'm taking it. I'm talking more about informed, more informed, and then and taking in information. I yeah. think. I think so. You know, all these authors are are a result of the things that they've taken in and the things that they have um, digested digested and processed and and I think they're 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 trying to put a new spin on whatever the story they're telling but they're really just a product of all the stuff they've taken in I think the same thing with music I mean my musical blueprint for whatever reason I I grew up not like huge into music just cuz mom and dad didn't listen to a ton but I started to absorb it later but my blueprint isn't as wide as some of the other ones and I think if it were, I would probably be doing more. I would be more versatile for you, sure. You're saying like, you know, a lot of guys start playing in church. A lot of, you know, they yeah. start whenever they're five. They, yeah. learn, they learn that whole hymn structure. Yeah. Learn those chords. Learn those you yeah, know, absolutely. majors in the sevenths in church. Yeah. I've, I've played with, so, isn't it crazy how many musicians started in church? Yeah. Crazy. And man. some of them stay there. Like yeah. even, even the ones, you know, in Nashville that got some things going on or whatever. I mean, they still, I don't know if they just, I, it's not that they need it anymore or, and, and maybe it's, they, they like identifying with that. But, um, I think that there is a, maybe it brings them a nostalgia kind of feeling that to that it's like 
for me coming back home does that. Yeah, yeah. You know, when I start or getting into, going hunting. Yeah. Coming back off the, you know, Nashville, going back home, going hunting or something. I think it's just trying to be like things that make you feel good and comfortable and like I've I get something out My of it. My buddy this. Paul, he's a Shenandoah and he's he's all the time you know, you see him go over and do a, a religious set somewhere. His wife's yeah. big in the religious world. And um he's always been he's always went right back. You know, no, he does that's not his primary, but that's his home. Yeah. And uh, you just see a lot of them like that, man. A ton of them. I, all the guys, all, even Bart Wiseman locally, I think he started off kind of in church. Most most of the guys locally start off in church. Yeah. I mean, I know guys that, that have hits that are writing church songs and, mm-hmm. you know, all of that. Write what you know, you know. Yeah. Write, or write what you feel, I guess. Yeah. You know. All that counts. You said, uh, I know you probably don't want to talk about it. You said you got another another one out, maybe. Do I? Well, you said you, said you just had one of them pick one up. Did I? You told me that on the way in. You said, "Hey, I just got a good cut, or I just got a good demo, or something." There was something. Oh, I got had a, a track come back. Just somebody, yeah. like it's somebody who uh, that I wrote the song with. They built it out on a computer, essentially. Yeah. So like they're they're essentially the producer in the room. So you get in a room, you you know, you write some songs or whatever, and tell, then, t- tell everybody. Like I think we get that asked a lot. Like uh, I get it from on your behalf. I think sometimes, like how what how are you writing songs now? Like give me give me the day. Uh, when I write with people, if it's us, or like if you went to if you yeah. went to, if you moved to Nashville and like you were a songwriter, like how would you go do that nowadays? My my job when I'm set up to write with other writers. Um, is I show up at 11 o'clock. I already have some coffee. I have an idea. Um, an idea meaning of a like a song title or yeah. a song theme. Song title, yeah, a groove. Billy's going to get drunk today. Type, yeah, you know, right. type stuff. So, so it's not just you're coming in and like, hey, let's write a song. Like you already kind of have an idea of what, like we're, what, all what we're doing. The, yeah, we're all there. The, the goal is to write a song, right? Yeah. And then, uh, you know, typically we are strategically put together from our publishers. So my say what I do, I'm either a top line or I'm a lyricist, whatever. Um, every once in a while, maybe I'll sing, but very rarely. And then there'll be somebody else who's either the artist, somebody who's going to be the vessel of the song who want, who's trying to write for their album. And then, um, then you have somebody that's in the room, building the song out, producing the song, sitting at a computer, a lot of pressure. I mean, it can be. Sometimes it's there's none. Sometimes you walk in and you just feel good, and you're like, I know this idea is good, and this is going to be a good day, and creative temperaments line up, and then you walk out, and you got a good song, and it's really fun. That's best. That's where's, the, where's your beats and your music coming from? Who's who's? Is there like the a producer? Assi- there's an assigned guy to that task, though. Just one guy. He builds the whole song usually. So you guys are looking at him. You're writing down the lyrics. I mean, let's just say you're you're sitting around thumbing in G. Okay, or you're you're yeah. in you know B minor, whatever. He'll hear he'll hear uh, tempo and like time signature. Okay, and, and we'll, we'll you know everybody kind of knows like there's really only a few ways to write songs you know what I mean yeah um at least in co- commercial yeah country music like if you're going we know if radio. something's like halftime and you know if it's a sad song we know like usually okay. usually happy ideas are written to major notes so you stay in like four or five notes that are major notes yeah. and we all know how they go yep and then um. You know, you have this idea. We figure out a lot of times you'll figure out how the hook falls. Like the biggest, the hardest part is um, once you have the idea, finding the thought right before it that makes the song like re- the reason we're listening to it. It's the hook. Yeah. 
Um, and a lot of times you don't have that when you go in, but you'd like to. Most of the time you want to be like, this is the title. This is how we get to the hook. And that's the money line right before it. And then you kind of write backwards a little bit. Like, yep. you know where you're headed and you just, you kind of get there. Sometimes, Give me an example. Give me an example of a hook and then bringing it home. Here's your, here. So well, you'll go into a room and you'll say, okay. Hey, everybody. I want to talk to you about one of our special friends and friend of the program, Geiger Brothers Construction. Man, those guys have been with us since the start. Scott Massey, even though we're kind of hard on you sometimes, we sure do appreciate your sponsorship. And guys, if you own a commercial business and you need some contracting, engineering work, anything done, give those guys a call. 740-286-0800. Geiger Brothers. Thanks. Uh, was their daddy's picture? Uh, oh, um, Matt Stell. Matt Stell. That's uh, not yeah. Darren Need. That's who I was thinking of. That's a good example. Yes. Because um, that's got kind of a flip. Yeah. Let me think about this. And so that, we, uh, we had started. That, that ain't me no more. Yeah, that, that ain't yeah. me no more. Okay. Yeah. We had tried to write that a couple times, and we knew that we had a hook, couldn't quite figure out how to get to the money line, if that makes sense. And the money line was, that ain't me no more. Right. We essentially said, I've changed a lot. In the verses, we set it up like, you know, I'm, I don't drink as much anymore. I call my buddies back when they met. Like, I'm, I'm turning a new, new leaf. Yep. That ain't me no more. Like, you know, all that shit. And then you get to the, the chorus, and it's essentially two people that are happily together, and you're referring to, and you don't know this until the hook, but you're referring to the ex's new, new man. And like she's holding somebody tight, and that ain't me no more. Yeah, what yeah. you know, I can't even exactly remember so the lyric take all that, the way. That same line, as long as it has a couple different. Oh, that ain't me no more. Yeah, that ain't me no more either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that was you know, it's just a country heartbreak song, and then it's all a great song. We, thank you, and we figured out a way to flip it, and mm-hmm. you know, and it worked. Yeah, ironically, with like with that song. Um, you know, I mean, I don't know how far back that that was written. I mean, I'm probably like two to three years, something like that. But I I'd text Nick um, just, to, you know, probably four or five months ago that just like the last few times that I had gone and sat down to eat at a restaurant locally in Southern Ohio with my daughter, um, you know, just, you know, you've got songs that are just playing or whatever. And just it just so happened it was like three consecutive times in restaurants in Southern Ohio. Yeah. That song got played. It did, yeah. It, uh, it, we so, was hearing it. I mean, yeah, it was cool. Yeah, so, I don't know what happened. Like you, the only place in America that got that song all the time. Yeah, so, I heard it. Like, I mean, it was it was lovely. out. I love it. Um, yeah, and you just wonder. I mean, maybe maybe you know the stars just weren't lined up for that one. How many? I mean, how many of those songs just go that that are great songs that just get countless lost in the sand. Countless can't even begin to tell. How, how many like? Tell me about town now. So I haven't been there. Uh, I was thinking. The tell other me day. about town. Now. So, tell, I tell it's me, like tell me about the rabbits, George. Yeah. <laughs> hey, tell me about town. I want to know like what's what's how, if a guy went in there right now to write songs, where would you send him? Like I cold would send off him. The streets. Literally, I would send him to Debbie Champion. I swear to God. Would you? The woman? Yeah, that's where you cut your teeth. That's where I met people. So writers rounds. And Man, just, I've met people at that place to this that day. You're still yeah. That I'm still friends with that have more than succeeded in town. Like, I don't know where people set the bar, but wherever most people set the bar, people that have gone above that. Yeah. And it started in that little place. I think you just got to get there and you got to grind. It's been cool to watch, like, how you and Shane and all of them kind of were all down there years ago. Yeah. 
and like you know to see how everybody still knows each other like from that certain era you, you know and i mean you met people down there you know just everybody that i've ever known that lived there they met people years ago and they're still down there just doing it it's like man that's yeah. awesome how they that they're all just still down there doing this i deserve a badge this will be 18 years Wow. Yeah, I mean, I mean that that's kind of the wild part, and kind of what I was, you know, going to speak to is that, you know, I mean, I can remember this guy, you know, when we were in college, you know, kind of starting with his, you know, you know, doing what he's doing, playing songs, just you know, for all of us and everything, and then he moved. I mean, you did catch me at the very beginning. Yeah, yeah. I mean, me making writing songs about our roommates, just making fun of him, like that's yeah, putting words together that rhyme. And 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 we all thought he was great and everything, but. And, and I knew B minor. You know, the, the, then he moves to Nashville, and did you know, go to Columbus next? I did. Short cup of coffee. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. So, so, so he's in Nashville, and but like what he's done though, as far as being down there, and and, and you know, not knowing anybody, just kind of starting out, playing at different places, you know, making the connections and whatnot. And you just said eighteen years. Yeah. Right. I mean, that is a that is a long time, and you know, I think there's a lot. Of, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that think, okay, like I can play guitar and I can write songs and this, that, and the other. But are you willing to grind for 18 years the way this guy has? Yeah. yeah. And you know, I my guess is that most people are not. Well, you know, he's you've done a lot and, of different. You've done yeah. things differently. I mean, you know, you you know, you're single. You don't have any kids, you know. I think a lot of that is by choice. Uh, yeah, it is. You you chose to say, "Hey, I am going to go after." And I think if you planned on being like a real successful musician, I think that's a pretty important talk to have with yourself when you're 20. Like, yeah. "Hey, I might want to put the family thing on hold." Yeah. But you know? but but I think a lot of people think that okay, like I can play guitar a little bit and I can write a few songs. Yeah. I can go to Nashville and within a year or two like I'm going to be, you know, something. like I'm going to be something. Yeah, I mean, the odds are you're probably not because there's a lot of people that think that. What is the odds? Do you know? Is there? Is, do they? I have, don't know. I don't know if there's a way to to put. How many people move to town a day? I don't know. I if there's less than fifty thousand people in that town trying, I would be really surprised. Fifty thousand. I'm guessing. Trying. That's fifty thousand. I now, mean, there's probably one and a half million people in Nashville now, oh, and one yeah. of the biggest draws is music. And I think there's such an influx in, you know, when I say trying, I mean people that, that show up with the inkling of maybe I'll go to a writer's night and play a song out and like, I'll take some pictures and I'll take some meetings and I'll try to like work my way into it. I'm not saying like 50,000 people are grinding because it's a pretty small community, but I do think a lot of people show up with the idea of maybe, and I think they're coming from LA now they're coming from all over like country music has never been more popular than it is yeah. right now ever and it's starting to intertwine with pop in a way that's like I just saw something Drake and um, yeah, Morgan, Morgan Wallen did, did something yeah. and you know Hardy did something with Post and you're starting to think like this is not just a regional and a cultural like rural thing anymore like this is mainstream stuff so the number is a lot and i think it's only going to grow but there's a lot of people in town doing it there's a lot of like pretty people showing up taking a lot of pictures of themselves too 
Is and there? it's there's not a whole ton of grind in that part yeah. of it. Yeah. So so wouldn't you say there's probably a, like a lot of people that like the idea of being a yeah. songwriter? I mean, there's a lot of people that want to be like famous. The actual grind of like what it actually takes Amen. to actually do. There's it. a lot of people yeah. that would move down there just and, to and, say. And, and that's probably just kind of a microcosm of society right now. Oh, I heard on Rogan the other day that some they did some study, and it said. Uh, in a range of like from 12 year old to 20 year old people, they, they, they tested these kids or teenagers or maybe even 20 somethings. The number one job was influencer. Was it? That's what they all want to be. A, a non-fulfilling job is what they all want to be. And, and if you ask those people, what does that even mean? My guess is they probably couldn't give you a real definitive answer. It's pretty wild what's going on with like TikTok and and uh, I'm not on TikTok, but I can't imagine. Thank God. <laughs> well, hey, don't. I mean, I'm saying like the business opportunities, like so, like this, we could do it right now. I could go live from the Chubby Guys, okay, and I could take a product. I could take you know whoever made these coasters, and I could say, hey man, do you guys like these coasters? Well, you know, click the link below and just tag their link. And you can make like, you know, 10 to 20% off of everything that that link that you posted goes. Well, I say that and it's interesting. I mean, there's kids getting millions and millions of views. Well, now you're into a ratio game on, hey, if you get 2 million views, 2,000 of those people is going to click your button. Right. You, you got to get the, you got to get the fans though, or the views yeah. or the, the followers. I talked to, I speaking to CJ, I talked to him not too long ago and that's what we were talking about is that's what they're, they're asking him is like, you and know, then you wonder if followers, they're just buying their followers. Absolutely. If they have, they have a team behind them that knows some people that buy the followers and then is the product or the market even what it is? Probably not. Yeah. You just wonder like on followers, like you, you take somebody with 6 million followers how many and, bots do you think that is? And think about how many people, j- real people, that are scrolling on TikTok. Generally young. I generally, no, I disagree. I think it's all older. TikTok? Both. I think it's everybody. I think it's both for sure. Um, I mean, there's there's definitely. I mean, I mean, obviously, this is um, you know very just kind of um, opinion. Yeah, a, a, opinion based. But from what I see. Um, Obviously, it's a big thing with young people, but there's a lot of older folks as well that I know that are on there. Our buddy, the show before you guys, uh, Fab D is one of our sponsors. Shout out, Fab D. Fab D. But they, uh, their Shane, one of their guys, was on here last week, and and they've basically got a whole building now designated. They just picked up two more big buildings like this, and one of those buildings is designed strictly for their TikTok sales, their lives, all that stuff. I mean, that's how much it's generating. Back back to my original thought. Okay, so demographically, let's say it's everybody. Do we give a little too much credit to what we consider a view? I feel like that only helps TikTok by saying how many views there are. And I also think that the people that are viewing are viewing on average. And once again, I need to say I don't have TikTok. So I... I Throwing, I'm just trying to make a point about how quick things go and how much time and real, like, are people processing Did it this product? Did it really stick with them? Because it's like the Vine culture, which was like, I remember when they were like, there's seven second videos or there are nine second videos. And I'm like, 
how much impact can you really make in nine seconds? And I feel like Tic Tac or TikTok is even faster than that. I think you just go through it and just because you stop on something doesn't mean that anybody's going to process what that really is. No, but it's, it's one of a thousand. It's in up the, to you. You know, it's up to you whether or not you are good enough to get them to process it. That's, right. that's the art of it. Yeah. And I'm, but I, I guess as the person who's promoting the thing, how much stock do you put in views? And does it really translate to money? To buying power? To, yeah. Does it generate buying and, power? And brand. We just had a we just had one of those videos. I've talked about it a bunch, but it's up to like 6 million views now. And I mean, Is what you need? That's what it's had. It's got 6 million views on, uh, it's got 4 million on TikTok and like 2 million between Instagram and Facebook. So you're saying uh, one of your videos. Mm-hmm. And what does that translate to you? Nothing. Now. Could we probably go back in there and repost and use that video and do it again? Probably. Yeah. So there, there's like this whole, um, there's a whole idea and like a whole scheme, not a, a scheme is the wrong word, but there's a whole business plan behind all of this digital world. You know, like they're all, they're not going to let you in unless you're willing to make certain investments. I think they've proven that. Even I mean, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Facebook and Instagram are probably the two least amount to do it, but like your big sellers like uh, TikTok and all those, they're not going to let you do certain things unless you do a certain amount of things right. Yeah. And, and I think what like what you're talking about there, that economy, if you will, it's an economy, yeah. is what is so appealing to young folks. So, it's just, so, so, but, but just the idea that, you know, you can do something that, it, that is contrarian to, you know, what, what we probably think of as work, which is, you know, you go to a job site, you know, whether that's manual labor, whether that's an office or what have you, and you're sitting there for eight to 10, 12 hours, you know, you can just sit here in an environment like this and you can do things and, you know, you just put out literally like a few seconds or minutes of work and you put it, you upload it to something, and then that can somehow generate, you know, millions of views and generate. Which could, you know, yeah, absolutely. It's just a dice roll. Yeah, so so it's it, it's almost you know it's it's almost like playing the lottery in a sense. But like I, I just think that's appealing to young people, and I think that's why you see just so, so so many of them just kind of addicted to this idea of it. But do you think? Okay, so you're an educator, right? Yes. So. Could you be an influencing educator? Like if, if a young kid wanted to be a teacher online and do it all, like I think that there's also a misconception of the word influencer because let's say that that young kid wants to be an educator online and wants to, you know, either YouTube shorts, to, you know, I'm just giving you right now stuff, and then also have a have a school that they do that you could enroll in. They could technically still call themselves an influencer, right? Well, you could, but like to, you had a million I, followers I, on TikTok, and then you had a thousand enrollees in your there, online school. There, there's no doubt that if you first developed a following, as far as you know, doing what you know, whatever you're talking about, whether that's doing video games, whatever, but you get a bunch of followers, and then you decide that okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to open up an online school or do something to that effect. Um, there's more and more of a uh, demand for online schooling and things of that nature. You're seeing more and more folks that are uh, more parents that are wanting to prov- have educational options for their children. Um, and, and, you know, and a lot of it comes to, um, you know, things that they perceive to be going on in, in public schools as far as um, beliefs. Yeah. You know, th- politics. Th- yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Those sort of things being pushed on kids. 
um, you know, in addition to, um, you know, what, you know, what they say is bullying, which, you know, that's kind of a buzzword, you know, for anybody that's been in, you know, um, in education, especially in administration. Um, so, um, yeah, there's, there's definitely demand for that. And, and I mean, I can just, you know, speak with my experience in, in public education, we have more and more kids now that are doing online schooling or that are being homeschooled or, you know, basically taking options that are non, non public school options. We're seeing that more and more than we ever have. But do you think that that still falls in the category of influencer? Um, I, I wouldn't think necessarily that, that person would you, would you give the professor I'm talking to basketball professor. Okay. Have you guys been watching him any? He's still doing it. And one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I remember Would you guy, call yeah. him an influencer? Um, I would say no, but his value is that of an influencer. So yeah. what's an influencer? An influencer is someone that only peddles products or pushes products. So give me an example of an influencer. Um, Emerald Lagazi. I, no, because he created, he had a skill. Okay. He so did something. Out. Okay. He's no, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm going to paint the picture of a influencer. No, give me an, an influencer example. is somebody who early on did a certain video that got some numbers. So whether they danced or they played a guitar or Jake Paul. Jake Paul would be an influencer. Jake Paul's an influencer because he get, he, I think, I think he's, he went to the, the no, uh, that's a different dude. Um, Talking about Disney or the. Once again, I'm. I feel like I'm talking out of school. But as far as what I think an influencer is, it's somebody that only peddles products without an actual. Um, Job perform performance or gift or thing that they're performance review or accountability. What they literally have numbers of views and. The product, the company reaches out to that person and says, Buys their views. Will you please uh, show my skincare product? And then the, the influencer puts the skincare product on because she's been paid. Uh-huh. And she says, This skincare product looks good. It's just like being on TV on a very small scale. She's peddling the product, but she's not bringing anything to society other than the product she's a vehicle to get the product to the people yeah she's a, yeah. but she doesn't have to do anything and i'm saying she it could be he yeah. doesn't have to do anything to merit that other than they have views and how you get the views that's up to you it's really? kind of up to you yeah so you, so so you th- so you guys are saying that the influencer part that's how they want to do it I, I'm thinking that they just, just want to be famous. Famous. They just want to be famous. Is, is and they look, they think it looks cool. Like I get to go to the beach and take a picture. Yeah. And yeah. I look good. And then and then also give me the free stay at the resort. Yeah. And then give me the now the nutritional product. Sell one product. Are are you now an influencer? You're part of the ecosystem. I think. Yeah. I mean, I, one I, I almost think that's worse though because if you start to have just even a marginal level of success, they think that okay, this is a way to make it. And the, I mean, I mean, I think it's just like, uh, you know, a lot of different professions that you're, the success stories are kind of what you hear about. So yeah, of all the people that are trying to do this, there might be 
I don't know, three to five percent that are actually making a little bit of money at it. But it goes back to him and he's eighteen years. Exactly. Are you willing exactly. to exactly so so of all the people that want to go to Nashville and be songwriters, yeah. probably ninety five to ninety seven percent of them are actually falling and, and, and going back home and doing <sighs> something else. If not ninety five not more if if not more than that. So you know, so you talk about, you know, these people being influencers and whatnot. Um, you know, kind of the same type deal. Yeah. Like, you know, people you willing are, to do it for you willing to take 18 years worth of selfies trying to grow your audience. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And sometimes it just happens organically because the internet's weird, man. And sometimes it just works and we don't know why things work the way they work on the internet. It goes viral because that shit went viral and then it goes viral. And oh, you're like, how hey, did that happen? Whenever I was watching that video, I mean, this is the second one that we've had. that has got into millions or a couple millions, you know, and I, it's so every time that happens, it's so neat to watch to me for me. Okay. And I think Chad would share the same sentiment, but whenever you watch something and every 10 minutes, it goes up a hundred thousand views. You can, you can watch it. You yeah. You think. just wonder who's sharing that shit. Like all of a sudden. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's like, like, why now? Yeah. It's like, you know, there's six, 7,000 people in my town and this thing in an hour just saw a flash in front of a hundred thousand people. How? Yeah. How did that happen? You know, yeah. now like YouTube and stuff, you can that you get the shorts, but like on, on our YouTube views, I think the most podcast watches like six or seven thousand. Maybe the powers to be are just keeping us busy, and they're like, you know what? Get, have a little bit of that. Right you and any of those conspiracy theories? I, I'm lately into that, all of those motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get yeah. out the weed. <laughs> oh my goodness. Just finished up with one of our favorite stops after football. McDonald's. That's right. Thank you, Brad and Sarah Munn and all of our local McDonald's restaurants for being great sponsors here at the Chubbies. Chubbies, I still want to know how many points you got. I've got more of them tonight. Go to McDonald's. Help out Brad and Sarah Munn. They sure help out our communities. Thanks, Brad and Sarah. (laughs) What's your best conspiracy theorist? Yeah, what's your what's best that ever? Oh, the did. one I heard recently that I thought was great was, um, so we're just essentially half breeds for aliens, and we're a vessel to hold the soul. Well, as they go out, we're artificial intelligence. We're, you know, millions of years of advancement. They're flying around. They're doing things like, you know, these dumb fuckers are about ready to hit the nuclear bomb, and then they come in and they stop it, and they're like, "Don't do that." hang on a second and then they go back and they handle like another global war and then they come back and they're like our souls are good yep i yep they're still moving around we're good that's what i think right now (laughs) so so you were so you were down you were down with the chick on the plane that was like back there talking you know the one the 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 fake dude that was saying like you know that motherfucker's not real like you're you're down with i don't i don't know that you don't know that one i think i saw that was a real wasn't it uh, I mean, yeah, the woman like, going uh, crazy on the back of the plane. Yeah, 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 yeah. She, you know, she was saying. If her yeah. name was Karen, I was not. No, I'm not on board. No, no but she was. Uh, you know, she she was. <laughs> I don't know. She was sitting back there with somebody on the on the back of a plane, and then uh, she got like kind of escorted off, and she was just you know yelling and you know saying that motherfucker is not real. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like she thought he was from yeah, another yeah, plane. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So. I think there are probably people out there that are from another planet that I yeah. talk to. Well, I tell you what, it opens my eyes whenever I get a phone call like yesterday. And I and I see how these conspiracy theorists or conspiracy theories could come to light. I like it. 
It's good. It's good. Is you know just like you know whenever you called me yesterday and you said, "Hey, is there really a titty bar going in on Main Street?" <laughs> and I was like, "Man, he's only eight miles away," and they they fell for it. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I told I told him it was just some suspicious guy, and this is like my my Christmas dinner or whatever. <laughs> And I was like, it's just some suspicious guy on Facebook making that stuff up. And then immediately, uh, my niece's boyfriend looks up and he goes, yeah, it's, and he names the guy. Yeah. Like, he knew the guy who was doing it. Yeah. And, and 90% of the room was bought in yeah. that that's what it was. Rumor be. was, there's going to be a strip club right here. It's called Cat's Corner yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And I thought, man, how do I get a temp talent scout job for that? Like, Can I come in and be like, yeah, you're in. You're out. <laughs> What's your conspiracy, Bradley? Uh, you brought it up, but you go. You must have several. I, I mean, no, no. Like, like I'm not a big conspiracy theory guy, but but I I guess I will say this: that my um my trust in the the powers that be dwindles by the day. Yeah. So um, you know, I, powers that be is in religion or powers no, be no, in uh, politics. Powers that be in regards to government. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So so like, um, you know. I, I think going back in, in you know in my life like I, I like I've grown up kind of thinking that okay generally the you know people in government are trying to you know to, to help you and trying to make you people's want better to. lives because yeah. you like want that. to believe but, that yeah yeah but like the you know the older I get and the more things that I see it's just like you know these guys just do not care about anybody except themselves and it's you're seeing it I mean you know, we talked about know, this for show yeah. the issue too in Ohio yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, what's that? That's the legalization of the weed. Hell yeah! And you're seeing all these. Thanks amendments. for all the yes votes, by the way. Shout seeing, out to all the yes votes. <laughs> you're seeing all these amendments coming around to this bill, and it's all about the greed. Yeah, every daggone bit of it. Yeah, you know. So you're so, saying so, that so, the whole so, so, so so as far as yeah, like as far as that issue goes, the fact that you could have an amendment passed by a fairly overwhelming majority in, in a state that is generally considered to be a pretty moderate state that you know the fairly uh, is a good uh, should be a good representation of the united states how can anybody call us moderate now well i mean i mean that we're is forced true. we're forced into that though because yeah. of geographical region no from big media i think we're forced into being you this. had the riots actually, in columbus dude i think honestly i think if you sit down and you ask I don't know, whatever our web is of a hundred people that we surround ourselves with. And generally they're going to be more like you because they're your people. But if, if you spread that net even farther and get around people that are different from you, your views probably aren't that much different. I think it's been polarized on purpose. Yeah. They've polarized our image. I I would definitely agree with that. And I, and I think that, um, you know, throughout the state of Ohio, um, you know, you've got, so certainly, yeah, like it, like in the rural areas, you know, that there's going to be a little bit different way of thinking versus like the the suburban areas and stuff like that. But but still, generally, I feel like Ohio is generally pretty reasonable people. You know, like and, it's a microcosm of the yeah, U.S. Exactly, like you were saying. exactly. And and you had this amendment that went on the ballot that passed by a I, I don't know what the exact margin was, but it wasn't like it was fifty one forty nine. It was it was a comfortable margin. Yeah. And now you've got politicians that are doing everything they can in the uh, through the legislative process and even like through the judicial process to try to kind of alter that. C- circumvent that yeah. and and like that like what like what are we doing yeah I mean, I mean the people you know, spoke the exactly and it wasn't even close and how and how much longer are we going to allow that that same government to do that 
Like, but what do we do? Well, there's things you can do. I think. I mean, vote I'm, better. Well, no. I mean, look at what they've done to. I mean, every president <laughs> in the last better. ten years, they've tried to impeach. Huh? Every president in the last... You They're know, only impeaching because the last people impeach, and they yeah, know it's they, not even going to work. Every president, Nobody's going to get impeached. Yeah, you're... I They're know. not getting impeached, bro. That's Nobody's true. getting impeached. Nobody's, you're right. You're right. No, I'll agree with no. that. Nobody's getting impeached. Yeah, yeah take sure. that off It the looks table. too bad for the country. If somebody gets impeached, right. like, man, we let them really fuck I got up no, this I time. Got, I got another yeah. theory. I mean, I mean, they are being impeached, but they're not getting removed right. from yeah. office that, yes. because you have to get yeah, a two-thirds, and there's no way you're getting a two-thirds vote. I got another theory. So, all right, maybe. All right, let's. All right, let's, conspiracy. Let's, let's, yeah. All right, let's hear it. Let's hear it. What do you think about man's evolution coming from mushrooms? I fuck with that. All right. Yeah, you're gonna have to explain that because I have no idea where you're coming from there. Well, you're you're not a mushroom guy. Uh, I'm I, I'm not informed on this particular matter, bro. It's the biggest organism in the world. Okay, and it so you, you guys are making me sound like I'm the idiot here. No, no, no. I'm you just I'm trying to get you. That, I'm trying to get yeah. you on this theory that I've yet to hear on board. Okay, all <laughs> okay. right. So, so, all right. Bring it, bring it on, bring it on. I, I'm open minded. So, a fungus is a living organism, correct? That grows from no seed, no nothing. It just happens. It's like and the first thing that it was ever in. It has to yeah, be the first it, yeah. thing, yeah. And what if it, the mushrooms just eventually evolved into mankind? And that's how mankind was. When people describe a mushroom, when from a very uh, reduced, like uh, an edible way to describe a mushroom, they say, I've heard people say, it's somewhere between a vegetable and, and a plant. Or a, a vegetable and an animal. It's It's got properties of both. Okay. So... The coolest thing about a mushroom is that it can play a lot of roles for me. Um, there's there's a really mystic thing about it. Like, you don't know it; it's working until it's there. Oh. Like, it's all over the ground. It's all underneath us. And there's so many relationships that it has that it helps that it, like, they live off things. They break things down. They have symbiotic relationships with plants and and. It's just really a remarkable thing. And unfortunately, from a medicinal standpoint, it's been kind of shit on over the last 50, 70 years for political reasons. But I think it has a ton. Like, people need to know about it. I will say that. So and how, how, like, explain to me this. So and you're, you're probably, you're way into, more into this than I am. I'm a pretty big mushroom guy. We found our first morale together. Yeah, amen. We do. Yeah. Uh, Cheers. But... How do you have a wild organism, plant, slash animal, slash wildly growing, no seed, no, no nothing, generated from a mixture of chemicals, molecules, density, just generated from whatever's there? And how do you get that? And then, not only that, but now you can repeat that same exact process. Chicken of the woods is chicken of the woods. A morel's a morel. So it's totally wild. But it's the exact same thing. And I'm not. I'm not completely following you there. How do you get morels here? You didn't plant them, okay? Mm -hmm. How did they just get and they grow from? And, and no morel has a species. Well, they do. I guess that's the part where I guess we probably need to dive into. Morels do have species. There's like over five million genus of mushrooms, and they keep finding them. Yes, like they're everywhere. But what what makes that that total 
trait of that mushroom the same because they don't really know do they like what is the chicken of the woods what is a morel oh uh, so and then how does it become duplicated and nobody even knows what it is and there's no planting yeah. process no nothing i can't answer that but i could say the government to help you the government. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's good stuff i i don't have an answer <laughs> fairly coming out left. but you're saying it's government it, it it is different than say like corn or an oak tree that grows here that is maybe a little different over there i there there's different breeds of you know, uh, or types of oak trees, but I guess an oak tree in California is the same as an oak tree here. So what would, and I'm just throwing shit at the wall. No, it's not. Spo- like oak Something trees. Something uh, the, the germination process. Germination. Called, and yeah, that's, but mushrooms aren't germinated, are they? No, they have spores though. And spores in the billions, maybe even trillions, they go everywhere. Look at this. Okay. I'm going to show this to you. And I don't know if people can see it, but this no, no one, one, this no one, one like picture it. of the year. That's like millions of spores at night coming off a mushroom. Okay. And that's how they germinate. They, text, they text, go text, miles. They go miles. I'll put it on the screen. Um, miles. So like whenever you say spores like that. Billions that, that of them. Billions of air molecules. Just They're little release. seeds and they just land where they land. Okay. And then they, so I, just, I didn't know they that. Pop up and so they basically pop. they are seeding then. Yeah. But they're seeding via... And some Spores. some are like receivers. Some are give. Some are, some take over organisms. They literally there's one there's a it's called a rusula, and they call they call it a lobster mushroom. But rusulas you don't eat. The generally they're just they're not ones that you eat until this one other mushroom literally climbs all over it, takes it over. It's a parasite. And it turns it into a different mushroom. Like literally, you they cover it up and then you can eat it. But you can't eat it until the it's other just, mushroom says, hey, that we're it's going into this process as yeah, far. Yeah. And it just breaks it down enough to where all of a sudden it tastes good to us. What were those ones you grew that time on that log? Um, lion's mane. Okay. And um, oysters. And it was fun, dude. You can get them in a bag. For anybody listening, if you want oysters, you can get them. They're everywhere now. They're so available. Yeah plastic bag they got sawdust they have mycelium which is the stuff the roots of the mushroom okay they're in there already all they need to do is be activated so you cut it open and when you cut that plastic bag open you get air and then you just you just fire some water on it like once a day yeah, from a spray bottle boom oysters mushrooms they pop out cut them off you eat them great yeah really cool let's talk about some of the local mushrooms so like uh and i know you and i during covid we we took a deep dive into these things I thought for yeah. me it was a deep dive. Obviously, you've got the morels, okay? Spring, spring, morels have no beneficial treatment other than a full belly that we know of. I mean, I'm sure there's nutritional value to that. Well, nutritional value, it's I'm not saying. known for. There's it. nothing uh, psychedelic or nothing like treatment wise that it's going. Maybe nutrient wise, I would imagine, but it's known culinarily as a, the most delicious mushroom. Yes, okay. I mean, like chefs will go out of their way to find that mushroom during the season and they will put it in dishes and they charge you a lot for it too. I mean, okay. it's, it's a really great, great mushroom. Hard to find. You can't duplicate them yet. They haven't figured out how to do those yet. Yeah. So they have a lot of value. Delicious. Now, lion's mane. Awesome. I have found it. You have found it. I would say that it is a, uh, f- I, I think I call it a fruity texture. Do you? Um, probably not. 
What do you call it? I mean, it's it's pretty mushroomy to me. But it's like a chewy, like a, you know, it's like a fruity, like an orange. Like I, I would put it like an orange. Okay. I can kind of see that. I cooked it. Uh, Butter. Got it hot. And I put it in crab cakes. Okay. Have you ever had it, Riley? Not that I can recall. So what's so the lion's mane mushroom and it's you can find it around here. I have found it twice. Big market, big market. It's worth a lot of money. But tell me, let's let's talk about what it does. I think it's like brain function, cognitive function, focus. Yep, helps you sleep. Okay. So so do you really notice? I mean, I have. So so you really do see that? Yeah. Because I almost think like with some of that stuff that it's just witchcraft. Yeah, like I mean, I mean, you hear it, and Medicine. they tell you, like, okay, yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna see improved brain function, memory, this. You know what? Other. I mean, you're right. Maybe I've only done lion's mane probably three times. Well, I, I do it like a drug. It's edible. It's delicious. You've only it's worth mane twice. Yeah, or three it, times. It's hilarious. But, but you're you may be right. I mean, I like mushrooms. You know what I mean? Like, I want to believe that that mushroom is giving me a, a boost in cognitive. No, no different than an apple a day keeps a doctor away. Right. Yeah. So, so maybe you're right. Maybe I ate that shit. At, like I got a, I found one out there. It was my first time. You tell me I'm not geeked. I'm already geeked. I was geeked. You know. Yeah, yeah. And then and, I cut and, it up and, and I yeah, cook it and I eat it and I'm like. And you're much smarter. You can do math much yeah, better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if only I could retake my ACT. Yeah, exactly. My standardized yeah, tests. Yeah, yeah. You probably get a 28 on the reading <laughs> chart. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, maybe maybe it's it's not. Maybe it is a little bit of fluff, but uh, I like to believe it. It makes sense to me. It's not grown by the government, <laughs> and I go out and it's find definitely it. Definitely got that in its favor, you know. And I think any any food that you have to work for is going to be the most nutritional food that you can find. Like if you even think about that in a in a grocery chain s- scenario. Uh, the food that's easy to package and the food that's got the processed stuff and they put it on a shelf and it can sit there for a while and it doesn't take, doesn't require like, we got to get this from point A to point B quickly or else it's going to perish. That shit ain't good for you. The food that I mean, food is going to perish. Right. But there, the food that perishes quicker and requires more effort to find or to grow or to it transport be for you. is going to be better for you because there's more, it, it's harder to do that. It takes more money. Yeah. And I, I just, I think about that with mushrooms. It's like, if I'm going out and getting this, I don't know how much different it is than me harvesting my own white-tailed deer. Like, I had to go get it. Uh, it's easier to kill a deer than it is to find lion's mane mushroom. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I would I would say that easy. They always yeah. said, like, killing a coyote down here was like killing. They said you had a higher chance of killing a Boone and Crockett buck than you did a coyote. And I believe that, you yeah. know, because coyotes are just so smart. Well, you know, man, we hunted our ass off yeah, to find a few morels. You were at first <laughs> oh, year. bro. I mean, dude, unless you got somebody shows you we a got, patch. No, we got lucky. I remember, I still tell people this story. He and I didn't know what we were doing at all. We were just like, we know people that do this. This would be fun. We've got a lot of time. Yeah. We park that little spot and we go out there and we have literally, we're aimless. If you're not... The people that find the big bunches of morels, they know those motherfuckers are popping. They're yeah. either going to pop a little bit or they're going to pop a lot, but they know where to go. They have a patch. We didn't. We were aimless. Yeah. And I remember we were on a, like a trail. There was yeah. a walking trail, and that dude was standing up in the middle of the trail. Of the trail, and I thought, 
it's this is easy. You just look at the dirt and you pick up the mushrooms. <laughs> and and dude, we we found like three that year. I mean, it was yeah. just like yeah. that was that was what we found. Yeah. It was a great I learned more that year about mushrooms though. I mean, it was just a yeah. huge What about chicken of the woods? There's no there's no uh I don't think they cultivate that one or It tastes just like chicken. You ever had it? You've had it. Yeah. I mean, it's good. I don't want to eat too much. Yeah. I've done it in a few ways. I've done it where I fry it and I turn it into chicken nuggets. Uh-huh. Yep. It's awesome. Awesome. And then I, this last time I put it in a I put it in like a pasta. So Ooh. I cooked it with garlic and white wine. And then I I and and I reduced it, so I pulled them out, and then I cooked pasta with like a, like arugula and lemon and a little bit of cheese. Uh-huh. And then I put it, I stirred it in the uh, in the pasta. So I had this mushroom pasta with like lemon and uh, arugula, and it was fire. Like it was one of the best things I made, and I made that from. I was on a run through the woods in Nashville, and I got to the end of my run, and I looked down, and I saw this big bright bloom. And I was like, that can't be anything else, right? Like, I've no, I knew enough to know that has to be chicken. But it was too early for chicken. Was it like, orange or white? It was orange, and it was beautiful, and it was coming up. So it was sweet, and it was ready to go. Like, it wasn't it's dead at all. Perfect. Yeah. So I ran back down to my car, and I, looked, I got my phone out, and I was like, in the southeast, chicken of the wood season. And it's two months different than it is here. And I didn't know it. So I went back up and I, I just took my, my knife up there and I cut off all the good pieces and put it in a bag. And I went home and cooked it. And it was the best one. You left the rest? I left the rest. I'm, you, lear- I'm you, learning that. <clears throat> what did you do to keep the, uh, did you cut off the white? I cut off. And left the orange? I cut, no, I mean, I cut off a lot of the red and the orange, but I just went to where it was soft. Like when, when it started to get hard, I just quit cutting. Okay, yeah, yeah. I've and then, and this is what's crazy. The there was two people running that trail. They stopped. I heard the guy go, do you care if I go down there and ask a few questions? So him and this girl come down, and he's like, what's going on? I was like, they, he said, what'd you find? I said, dinner. And then I was like putting it in the bag, and he was like, oh, that's cool. And then later I ran into that girl. She was coming back with a knife. No, on a different trail. And she goes, were you the mushroom guy? Because I had a burlap sack <laughs> on my back as I'm running through the woods. And I was like, yeah, I am. And she goes, hey, that was, I remember you, I told my friend about that, and he went back and got the rest of that mushroom. And I was like, did he take the whole thing? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, that had to be not very good because I got all the good spot, good yeah. pieces of it. He ate the hard stuff. And I, and I feel like an ass, there was one, and the reason I say all this is because I posted something on Reddit once because I got this big chicken in the woods. And I took the whole thing because I thought, this is like, Showing my buddy, it, it, like, it's like the, a the big deer. It, it, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like I, I killed a big deer, and I went back and I, I framed that shit. I set it up on like the ledge of my like my hallway, and I took a picture where the light was good and it was glowing. It was fucking huge, you know. And this girl replied back, "There's literally no reason to take the whole mushroom." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "All right, noted. I won't do that anymore." And I'm glad she said well, that. Well, if you gave it away, I mean. I mean, I fed the fam. You yeah, know what I mean? Tyler Cherryton, he he got a big one one time. He yeah. got a monster. It's fun, man. And he he brought me some, and we, you know we tried to switch back and forth. I got, whenever I got a bunch of big ones, you can freeze that stuff. Yeah. I mean, boy, if you eat a lot of it, it'll tear you up. You know, uh, you might want to sleep in a different room than your wife. <laughs> I ate it every day for like two weeks one time, every day, just thinking it was going to go bad. 
Yeah. Oh, man. And then finally it hit me like, why is everything on fire? <laughs> it was that chicken in the woods. And that was like, finally it hit me. I was like, man, I've been eating that too much. Yeah. Um, it does have a shelf life. It does. Yeah. <laughs> what, uh, what's some other ones here? We got chicken in the woods, lion's mane. We got turkey feather. Turkey tail. Turkey tail, yeah. 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 I'm not super familiar with I haven't either. I've heard that it's not great. Uh, What else is there? There's chanterelles. Chanterelles. Now, they have medicinal, right? They're supposed to treat cancer-causing agents. Could. I know they're they're decent to eat, and I've heard that they're good for you. I've heard they're decent in soup. Like... I, I see that. Yeah. I've never had... I had... The ones I had were, like, sour. Man, they were bad. I Probably just... Old, bitter. Maybe. They're bitter, bitter. Bitter, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I wish I could speak. I know some of my cousins get into them. Yeah. I found a few patches, but they've been... They're very... So small that, like... Even a handful, like my whole my whole batch might have not have given me flavor. Yeah. So like, I just don't know a spot yet. Ones I had were the size of that can. Like I mean, not That's not awesome. that big, but they were big. Like and I was like eating ravioli or something. Um, what color? <clears throat> you know, they were like a like a a grayish yellow, like a, you know, just a yellow's great. Yellow, red. I mean, anything that's got that much color that you can eat from. They, they're supposed to be I'm in. medicinal. I mean, people around here could like those. Yeah. Um, what about, uh, you found them those years. I don't know if you found them since I have black trumpets. I've never found them. Yes, you did. You found one that day that we found the uh, morale. You you introduced me to the black trumpet. Oh, did I? Yep, you found one that day. They're not black chanterelles. They're just, they're of that same genus, of, but the, you can't eat spring. them. spring. And you can't eat them either. Yeah, the ones we found weren't. Uh, and they look like cones. They're kind of silly looking. Yeah, or but, or a rose. They're almost like rubbery. Yeah. When you when you touch them. Uh, my buddy found some. Uh, I think they were just called white death caps in his yard. Well, I thought it was Am- Amanitas muscarius. It can be. I mean, very similar. One very of those si- can kill you. <clears throat> and it and it, but it was right in the right process that this thing was going to be like it was mistakable okay and i i was almost mistaken you mean you were going to put something with gills like that in your mouth i was going to try it <laughs> and and because it's it's just like the the one if it's white you don't eat it it wasn't white it was in the middle of being like gold gold tops with white little uh specks on it yeah you don't eat that one <laughs> yeah i figured that out yeah probably i probably was that close to so taking about four huge death caps. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to. Well, I, I mean, just like to eat mushrooms. Just, you said I was just close. I mean, I mean, I was. I took him. He brought him. He brought. <laughs> I went out and got him at his house because he said he goes, Pudge. I don't think these things are are safe. And I was like, I'll come get them. And I said, uh, Let you me know, see him. And I, I want to see him. And he so he picked them. And I took him home. And I mean, man, you. There's, I guarantee you, there's people that's tried that, and maybe that's what the, the full mushroom trip is. Maybe it's like that toxic. So, well, so, so what for someone that is like myself that is untrained <laughs> to all this? Like, what are you looking for? Like, what indicates that this is not a safe mushroom to consume? Uh, Anything other white. than what you know? Stay away from. Stay away from. Like, unless you know what it is, you should not. You what should not you eat know, it. What, what, what if you know nothing? <clears throat> then stay away. Then from I it. wouldn't do anything. I I recommend going out with somebody who does. Yeah. And and not that this is a good um, testing ground by any means, but 
I looked up enough to know what a morel is. You can't really mistake chicken. If you do, you're eating a jack-o'-lantern, and that shit grows not oh, on, I almost did that. Not on a tree. I, first time. There's just certain, like, the, there's not going to be another really lion's mane. I mean, if it's got tendrils and it's growing off a tree, a dead tree, and it's dripping, looks like a beard, uh, that's, there's, there's about four, four or five that I know that I feel like most people know. I'm not an expert by any means, but if you don't know what it is, you don't need to be eating it well, at all. Ever. Well, but the main thing is, is go out and find them, identify them, yeah, and then learn. Yeah, and some of those, like Amanita muscaria, is a huge, very broad genus. Yes. Or I, and I could be speaking out of turn when I say that, but like, it's got a bunch of them within that little subset, and some of them are actual like super hallucinogens, and and they have properties not psilocybin but something similar, and a lot of people say that's how like, <laughs> I mean priests and people many many years ago used to find spiritual connection and that's the way they think the birth of religion started was amanita muscaria like they say christmas has a lot to do with mushrooms and yeah. when you start hearing about it you're like oh my god that makes a ton of go, sense go look at any old christmas picture from like back in the 1800s late you know whenever they were drawn there's always like little mushrooms in it it's it's and it's not just that. Like the more you hear about it, you're like, okay, that makes sense. And, and it's the amanitas mushroom mus- mus- that they draw. Amanita muscaria is the the red one with the yeah, little white things yeah. on it, and that one gives a certain kind of property that is very has a wide range of how um, like either you can get you, can you go know, to the moon, you can go to the moon, or you can get really nothing, or you can get sick and nothing. So, so it's so so you're saying that Santa Claus was because somebody took some mushrooms. And- I'm pretty sure Santa Claus was because somebody took some <laughs> mushrooms. Yes. Yeah. All right. You will like to tell the fire after yeah. the Krampus. Thing. I'm, I'm I'm hoping my kids don't listen to this. So. <laughs> yeah. Good job, yeah. Donnelly. Yeah. Well, they can't listen until. What is the age to tell them? The well, thing that well, we all know. My, my, my daughter who's eleven. What is, what is my, my, my daughter who's eleven. She knows, but my son who's six is definitely still on board with saying. Okay, that. all that range sounds good, yeah. but where's the age if we had to? Uh, when they come to you, that however they get it. I, I feel like uh, when you get to double figures, when you get to ten, like Has, we, you we, have we, to we, we got to rip the bandaid off. It's kind of I, I guess where I was. I was be. five. Yeah. You know, I was nine yeah. and. Uh, I was not happy with the situation. I wasn't either at five. I wasn't either. Yeah, five's a little different. I was nine. I I had a kid kind of half making fun some, of me some, on a bus somebody, on the way home. Somebody told me at church. Yeah. <laughs> at church. Yeah, so, so that's actually the best place. Like I, I actually think that probably school. Can't believe in one. Like school <laughs> is probably where a lot of it ends for kids because, I mean, you'll even see it like, you know, second grade, which is about like seven years old-ish. Yeah. And, uh you know, you hear a lot about, you know, kids coming down and saying, such and such told me yeah. Santa's yeah. not real, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah it's you gotta, uh, you gotta deal with that. But you gotta, you gotta figure, you know, that's just, yeah. that's a parenting thing. I walked home. So I was on the school bus and Jeremy Llewellyn, he, he said, you know, Santa Claus is your dad or whatever. And I'm like, nah, he's <laughs> what not. a way to break it. Down. Whatever, whatever he said. I was like, nah, I don't think so. Santa's your daddy. <laughs> and I was like, I'm pretty sure it's not. And he was like, no, it is. I mean, they're the ones definitely putting those presents there. And I'm like, I don't know. And uh, I was just like, my mom wouldn't lie to me. So I get off the bus and I just. But Buck would. Buck might. Yeah, Buck might. (laughs) And uh, 
so I get up there and I get up home from school and I throw my, you know, my knapsack down or whatever. And mom's like, what's up? And I was like, Santa real, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and she's like, yeah. And you know, I'm nine and my buddy just made fun of me in the fourth grade. And I'm like, you sure? You know? <laughs> and she was like, yeah, he's real. And I said, I want to know if Santa comes down that chimney and puts presents down right there. And she was like, well, <laughs> she was like, you know, the whole, the, what they all say, the spirit of Santa is yeah, real or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, you've been lying to me. I mean, you, you know. I don't think there's anything wrong with embracing the original folklore of the whole Christmas tradition. Uh, you know, where does it stop? Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> man, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> see, where, where does this stop? I mean. I mean, it's just, I think it's a power power move by the parents. They just want to be like, you better act good. That elf up there, <laughs> well, not fans gonna look at you. Man, I mean, yeah, we you better just, act yeah. good. Hey, hey, hey that time. elf is powerful. That elf is very powerful. I, I mean, I mean, the elf wasn't a thing when I was a kid, but yeah. I mean, my kids both. I mean, and my son, like, he doesn't respect anything, but he respects that elf, though. Yeah, I mean, he really does. He wants shit. I mean, Santa was our elf. Sandy's not gonna bring anything if naughty or nice, bro. You got one. You you pick one. Uh -huh. I was always good with my daughter that, and, and I I had all the kids convince us like because I I was an elementary principal, so like I always told them that like Santa called the principals, you know, right before like the last day before we went to break, and I had like basically I had all the kids convinced that I gave a report to Santa on every kid in the building. Yeah, you know, so um, power. So, so, yeah, so that that's definitely some power. I mean, you know. <laughs> Uh, so, so they believe that and, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm standing by that to this day. We had Dennis Reinhardt on a couple of weeks ago and he was a, uh, old, he was our old teacher, my old teacher. And, uh, he, you know, he, he was just talking about how the Santa Claus, you know, back in the day, think about this, you know, we're into these conspiracy theories or whatever, say 200 years ago, 500 years ago, whenever this origin all started, that's how much I know nothing. But can you imagine we're sitting around, no internet, no iPads, no iPhones, no golf, no football, no nothing, just chopping wood, killing squirrels. Peckers, an ear pecker. That's it. And that's it. And can you imagine the morality lessons that parents were, were having to try to instill every day through just regular teachings and stuff? So, I mean, I'm sure that was this yeah. huge story you know back two three hundred years ago about yeah. i mean you know and how you should be good yeah. <laughs> and it probably yeah. started in september yeah <laughs> you know or we're gonna knit you one pair of socks yeah you know <laughs> i mean or do you want that lump of coal yeah. you know so i mean that it's still we still do that for the american consumer look dude there's christmas music in middle october now yeah this feels very un uh, christmasy right now i don't it feels very fast fast is it because we're, we're getting older i almost feel like that uh i mean i said this to my kids like thanksgiving almost became like it's not even a holiday anymore because you get like everybody kind of does all their decorations and stuff for halloween and then as soon as halloween's over you start seeing christmas stuff yeah mm -hmm. yeah like there's no the thanksgiving's just well they gone. do fall now yeah. they just do fall they don't do halloween it seems as much as they do yeah fall. but that's just for like pottery barn christmas everybody gets christmas they're like september every buy yeah. shit for people buy shit for your people and if you don't buy shit you don't it, love them you don't love them yeah christmas buy stuff Mate, the american consumer right now we've been talking about a lot on the pod man it's just a the american consumers 
It's different. It's a target, but it's all, I think we're getting smarter. And the reason I say that is because I think people are buying, I think people are looking more for, and I only say this because of like ticket sales and stuff, but people are looking for experience and they're willing to go pay a thousand dollars or whatever to see Taylor Swift. Or I'm sure it was more than that, but people pay a lot of money to go places, to stay in a hotel, to see what Nashville is like, to, to go to a beach, like, they want to go see stuff, and I think there's less people going to the mall and spending five hundred dollars at you know fill in the blank mall store and buying sweaters when you can go like see things. And I don't know if it's because of it could be the internet, it could be us being like yeah they see that it's I want available. To see, I, I want to see, see that yeah I want to see things I want yeah, to see stuff. I'm so, that way. I, I want to see things. Yeah, experience. Yeah, I, I'm all about experience. Yeah. Um, I know I've told Nick this. I mean, we we've done this for six, seven years now. Um, you know, the the thing that we get for our kids, I mean, we, we don't buy our kids a thousand dollars worth of, you know, Christmas toys and whatnot. I mean, we we go on a trip somewhere. I mean Is that what you, you do, yeah. You know, I mean, so um, you know, that I just feel like that they're going to and, and they would tell you this. I mean, you know, that they you take them, you take them during Christmas. We, we go, we usually leave either on Christmas night or like the, or on the 26th the next day. And okay. we, we go for, you know, anywhere between five and seven days, we go somewhere and, you know, you go and you, you know, you ask my daughter, um, you know, about the places we've gone. She could probably tell you everywhere we've gone the last five years. And yeah. she remembers those things. And that's, I mean, I believe yeah. those things she'll remember for the rest of her life as opposed to, Oh yeah, that uh, Barbie doll, or you know, the LOL doll, or yeah. whatever that you know she just she's done with. In I a agree. Couple weeks, I so, like it. You know, so we so we've done that, and you know, I I, I think that where, where all you been, Chubby's. Hey, you know, we all know this guy. All the folks over at AP Prep, we, we cannot thank you enough. Look those guys up at APPrep.info. We get asked all the time. Hey, what happens? How do you get over there? Hey, that's how you do it. You get on APPrep.info. You look them up. You set a time for your kid's assessment. They schedule a time. You bring your kid over there. Boom, it's done. They get you right in the schedule. And hey, for all you adults, you just show up on Monday, Wednesday, or Thursday night at 530, and they got their boxing classes. It's $10, or you can joined by the month so look them up at apprep.info so um we so so the very first year we did it we was just kind of like a um like we said like a tour of ohio yeah. so we went like uh cincinnati cleveland columbus like Dude, we that's, awesome. Awesome. that's you know, great yeah so, so we so we did that the first year and kind of went uh you know went somewhere you know every place we, we you know we went did something um we've gone to um Charleston, South Carolina. Uh-huh. Uh, we went to um, down in uh, in Alabama. There was a place called uh, like the Grand Hotel is is where we stood the resort we stayed at. Kind of like the Biltmore. Type yeah, thing. yeah. It, um, Asheville, North Carolina. At yeah. the you know went to the Biltmore one year. Um, Great then, experiences. Yeah, yeah. And and then and then this year we're planning on uh, Hilton Head, South Carolina. You've been skiing so. yet? Uh, not, not with the whole family. We have done like a skiing trip. Uh, I, I'm probably the world's worst skier. Yeah, I hear that from a lot of people. Uh, you know, so, um, when, <clears throat> when I go down, I just can't get up. So I, I, you know, I don't, I don't, you don't do I, it. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's not my thing. pointless trip. So, now you've, yeah. you've been doing it some. Well, I haven't been doing it, but I did it growing up a little bit. Yeah. So just like, just like Fraley here, dad and mom, like when we were growing up, you know, they kind of made it the same choice, which is like, do we want to buy them stuff or do we want to, and you know, they voted for let's, let's try to let them see things. 
So um, they did a great job of getting us to Myrtle Beach every year because when you're, you know, you grow up in the mid Atlantic or mid, you know, Appalachia or Midwest, you go to Myrtle Beach. So we did that every year. And then uh, my my favorite memories were snowshoe. And we would go up to Pocahontas County up in the hills. I mean, shout out to the guy who saw that back in like the 60s or 70s who built that. My favorite place. And we're able to, you know, over. 10 or 12 year period we would ski once a year at this place and you know it's i've never skied out west I, i've heard it's just amazing um they say we were skiing on ice but it's all i knew and it was fun and yeah. i remember seeing like my siblings out there having the same amount of fun and my my parents and my aunts and uncles and it was uh you know we're we're on blades <laughs> flying down a mountain and that's not you know, unless unless your parents decide we want to give this to our kids, we wouldn't have been able to experience yeah, that. That's right. You know, not too many people. Even even as you get older, being dad, you can't hardly go do stuff like that. I feel bad for these dads that can't get around real well. Yeah, you know, we're getting to that age where we got some buddies. It's you know kind of limping up, you know, and it's like, whew, man, I'm glad I'm going to fight that off as long as I can. Yeah, the only way to do that is stay mobile. Yeah, you have to stay mobile. I, I got buddies right now that, that I graduated with. I see on Facebook that I mean they're they're in a chair. Yeah. I mean, you know, all the time. I've heard this before, and this is pretty, and I'm not saying it's a blanket statement, but if you stop moving, you start dying. Yeah. And I'm doing my best to, like, if I've got to get out and just take a walk around the block, but on days that I don't, that I'm not mobile and I don't do anything, there's something that's eating at me. And Mm. until I realize what's wrong, like, I don't know at the time. And, and, and it's just like, I'm still a child to some degree. Like, you know, when a child's hungry and they're mad and they don't know that they're hungry, but they're just mad. And then you feed them and they're like, same thing with me being, getting out and doing something. And if I can do that, I'm usually ahead of the game. You're still pretty active age, Fraley. You're my age. I mean, you same age. Uh, yeah. We're all and, three about the same age. Yeah. Um, I've <sighs> definitely like in the last several months, try to try to make more of an effort, you know, kind of going to what, uh, you know, to what Nick was saying, um, you know, when, when you've got you know, kids that are involved and stay know, at it. Yeah. Yeah. Like when they're involved in different, uh, you know, after school activities and stuff like that, like it's, it's kind of hard to find time to go and, you know, to, to get an hour to go out and, you know, to work out and do all those sort of things. I wish so, I was a morning guy. I wish I was, I wish I was a 5 a.m. Like, like, like the people that are able to get up I envy at, you. at 5 a.m. and do all that. Like get that, it out of way. It's, it's, it's not me. Yeah. It's just your not. whole day changes when you do it. And I'm I not know. that guy either. But I went through a little period where I've I kind of did at times, and I always love it. It always changes yeah. my life. Yeah, yeah. I, I I would just say like I'm I'm very fortunate with my the job that I currently have that my day is done at three o'clock. Rarely do I have responsibilities after that, so I'm able to go get my kids right afterwards, uh, get back to the house, and then if you know I I can go at you know, three thirty to four thirty. I've kind of got to myself to go to the gym and kind of yeah. work out and whatnot. So, um, what are you doing playing ball? Uh, no, I, I've just been. I mean, just using that Planet Fitness uh, oh. membership. Did you I mean, hear that statistic about yeah. guys? They was like after age what was it like nineteen, eighty percent? There was something I had to look it up. But here's the theory: after age like eighteen or nineteen, eighty to ninety percent of the people will never sprint again. I've heard that. Yeah, so there's I don't know what the number is. I'd have to look it up, but yeah. I think about sprinting. I swear to God, I think about sprinting all the time. Yeah, I know. I know Nick. I I, I don't know if you. <laughs> I don't sprint if, though. If, I don't. I don't know if you're doing I it or not. Sprint. 
there was definitely a time a few years ago that I know you were still kind of pl- actively playing basketball. Uh, for me, I mean, I'm, I'm 42 years old. Um, I had a scare probably three or four years ago when I was playing. You know, I mean, I was 37, 38 years old playing against a bunch of 22 and 23 year olds. And uh, Heart rate. no, it wasn't that. It was, um, I, uh, I thought I tore my Achilles. Now it ended up not being that. Um, it was just, uh, your, my, my plantar fascia, I ended up stretching it really bad. I ended up having to be in a boot for about a month or so. Um, but like, why that, Did, were you just, just not stretched it, it, out? It, no, it, it, it was just one of those. It was, um, literally, so I, I saw him, you know, playing in this little summer league game or whatever, and it's jump ball. Like there was the, you know, ball went up, Block. Get, got, Block. Got, got, guy tipped it. I'm going towards the ball and I hear something in the bottom of my foot pop. And I'm like, oh, that's not good. Uh, but like I kept playing for like at least for a few minutes anyway. I ended up coming out of the game, getting sore, kind of going over and like uh, they had they had a trainer on site and he was asking me just kind of how it felt and like at the time like it didn't really like I felt like I could go. So yeah. I ended up like playing. I ended up playing. I played the whole game and then I ended up going home <laughs> and uh, about two hours later the whole bottom of my foot is purple. <laughs> And I'm like, oh my god! It like, sucks getting like, old. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. So I, I ended up, so I ended up going like to an urgent care. Um, oh, big that, day. That, they big told day. me, yeah, like so they, they said, sir, you got a purple foot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nothing we can do for you. Yeah, yeah. Pass. Uh, and the, they did tell me though I didn't tear my Achilles, which is what I had thought. Um, but they said, you know, like you probably really stretched. Like they thought maybe I had torn like this plantar fascia, but it wasn't. Ended up just like I strained it really bad, but they put me in a boot. They told me I had to wear it for like a month. I ended up wearing it for about two weeks. Um, but but anyway, that that yeah. that right there was like basically like, look, you're almost forty years old. Chill. You do not need to be playing basketball. I don't know. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. How much had you been like? working out before that or did you just go in kind of blind and be like you know what i'm a little out of shape but i do want to play basketball so i'm gonna do I, it i honestly can't remember at that point like whether i was still you know playing regularly i mean i, I really don't know because be i think if you're if you're playing regularly staying in and, shape. and you're yeah. staying in shape i'm not saying that wouldn't have happened but also you would have been like that feels really weird and maybe get out yeah like i i agree with you that that is like for sure, like if if you kind of get your body in shape and everything, like there there's there's no doubt that in my mind that if I wanted to really commit to playing basketball on a regular basis and getting out there, like that still even as a forty two, you could bring old, it back. That, that I could still get out there and at least like be competitive against you know people in their twenties. However, that being said, um, it's a heck of a lot easier. Like I know if I go to the gym. If I go to Planet Fitness and I just lift weights and get on the treadmill three days a week, like I'm not going to get hurt. You know, I'm not going to tear my ECL and yeah. you know, or whatever. So it's just, I, I guess the fact that I got a family and everything, like I, I don't want to have to worry about tearing my Achilles or getting a torn ACL or whatever. You know, that's why I say yoga. Get yeah. on it. So I don't want to be those guys. It's like yoga changed my life, but it opened my eyes up a lot and I, it puts I, you I, in a lot of different positions you never thought you could get in. And you sleep real good after yoga, bud. Yeah, I I can see that, and I would definitely be open to that. But like, that's not that's different. Offered. Than, that's different. <laughs> that's different than playing full court basketball. Yeah. Yes, people in their twenties. Yeah. yeah, you know, huh? 
it's uh-huh. a it's a different kind. Like you're not required to. Uh, this movement doesn't change. You know what I mean? Like yeah. when you do squats, that movement doesn't change. When you run, that movement doesn't change. But when you're playing basketball, you're stopping. You start sure. everything is like you're putting your body in different positions. On a hard floor. Yeah, hard floor. That sucks. That's a, that's the hardest part about basketball to me. You're you're jumping. You're stopping. You're running. Yeah, you're contorting your body. Like the ball comes off a rim in a different way. You thought it was going to be over here, and all of a sudden you got to turn, and try to get that thing. And you got to do it quickly. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, if you're jumping up on a box or something, you know it's coming. Yeah, frame yourself. My friend the other day, she hadn't done yoga in a while, and uh, she is pretty flexible. And she went in, and she said she did great. And uh, there was even a couple moves that she surprised herself. It's like she she was like, I have my foot back here, and they were like, pull it over your head. And so she pulled it over her head, and she was like, dang, I'm doing it. And then she she's my age, and she goes to get in her car, and like she does something as innocuous as – reaching over like her back was falling off her shoulder. She was grabbing her seatbelt or whatever. And she just turned real quick. And all of a sudden her back goes out and she was out for like two dates. Yeah. And she was like, I was killing it. What happened? And I'm like, Ooh, I don't know. I think it's how old we are. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Boys, what else we got? Anything you got pee? I got a pee. Fairly, did you have a good time? I had a great time. This is a congrats on your first pa- podcast. Yeah, here. Cheers. Cheers, boys. Welcome yeah. home. Merry Christmas. Merry yeah, Christmas! Thanks for having us, Pudge. Yeah, no problem, man. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for you got any sponsors we we need to holler? Uh, we've already done that. It's it's all, it's all automated now. We'll, How about we'll, that? Yeah, we'll send them all out there. Just Hell pay yeah. attention. Hit the links, boys. Hit the links. <laughs> Hit the links. <laughs> links in the bio. They say it's they say it's out. Links in the bio. Baby. They say it's out. So hey, Chubby's. We'll see you next trip. See. You.